Welcome to Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. I'm Dane, the Game Master head. For today. Uh, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games. Uh, Dane, why don't you remind everybody what we did last week? Well, last week, Cosmo, we played a little live play uh, in an original setting that I created using the Eclipse engine, of course. Uh, it was on a planet that humans were not native to. Uh, there was a partial terraforming effort, and it's a very stratified society. So very few elite, a lot of poor. All right. Um, so in this... Uh, in this adventure, I play a rich society type called Bernard Helios Chugtai, and uh, he's kind of living beyond his means, so he got wrapped up in a criminal, well, semi-criminal thing to uh, transport some illicit material from one of these big mountain cities to another. Um, it's the first time my character has ever done anything like this, and he had the clever plan of arranging a rich guy safari between cities, and he planned to use that as his cover to, you know, to do his smuggling. Which did not go super well. No, it, uh, it started out okay. I had a guide who was asking no questions and taking me where I needed to go, but I was trying to keep up the appearance of being on safari. Uh, while I was smuggling, so we did a little we did a little hunting in the in the bush on this alien planet, and when we got back to our vehicle, um, some some cops or some like you know some security forces had rumbled us, and they shot my guide, which I was annoyed with, um, and I was able to talk them down for a little bit until they found my pack, and it looks like they were looking for something specifically in my luggage, so I'm not happy about that. But before anything could happen, uh, there was a bunch of gunfire and an ambush, and a bunch of hidden people in the jungle jumped out, and yeah. So I, uh, diving back in, I've, uh, there's, there's lots of gunfire, Bernard is scared, he's not used to that. So I've dove in for underneath the vehicle, and I've tried to grab my pack and hold it close to me because that's the important thing. That's how I, that's how I need to accomplish this mission. All right, let's jump into it. Skull. All right, Bernard. Yes. So there's a big firefight going on around you. And you are hunkered down behind your jungle vehicle. Yeah, I'm not thrilled and with this. And you, you have been able to recover your pack because the guard holding it uh, dropped it when the firefight started. And he uh, is dying or dead. Mm. So if you do remember, it was night. Well, it was dusk when you were doing your hunting. Mm -hmm. So night has fallen, but the fancy, like, futuristic camp setup also came with like lights and stuff, but those are getting all shot. So the lights are slowly going out <laughs> and it's a roaring torrent of noise and you're cowering. Uh, I'm not thrilled with this. Um, 
do I need to do I need to make any rolls to keep my head about me, or am I okay to make an action here? Uh, you could make an action. Okay. Uh, first, I'm gonna. I, I managed to grab my gear or my my luggage. Um, I'm gonna do a rummage in it and try and find the uh, the cylinder that I need to transport and um, the other the the comm device that they gave me because my guide is shot and I don't know who's shooting who right now. All right, so, give me a roll. Yeah, rummaging. Uh, what do you need for rummage? Uh, let's go with perception. Per- perception. All right, perception of six. And I rolled a 11. All right, so you are able to rummage in your pack. Uh, I don't know exactly what else you put in there. Maybe some foodstuffs and change of clothes or something. Clothing. But uh, way back or way down where you put it, you do find the cylinder. You grab it, and it seems like it's intact. And right around there, and rummage some more, you find your comm device. Awesome. Your secondary comm device. Yeah, you also the, find your personal comm device that you probably have. Yeah. But the sneaky criminal one. Yes. Um, I'm going to check that one. I'm going to try and see if I can get a signal and I'll, like call for help. In All this right. situation, back in the city, Bernard would have like called security. Guards seize them. But you know, I don't know who's doing what. All right. So you pull it out and you check it. There is a message waiting for you on it. And before you can do anything else, though, the the like sky helicopter, the flyer mm-hmm. that the guards came in, it starts, it comes down a little bit closer to the jungle canopy, and you hear a, and then a big explosion, and it's super bright, and then like a vroom 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 vroom, <laughs> and then a huge crash, and it crashed into the like your little pop up tent, mm. and everything goes dark and quiet. Oh, fuck. Well, that's what helicopters do in games. They get uh, <laughs> exploded. Um, I'm going to pop another perception. I don't think I have any gear or skills that help me out with this. Um, but another perception to see if I can see anybody around me. Like, where's the bad guys? Or who? I don't know. I don't know who these people are. Or who's shooting at them. So, yeah. Uh, perception of six. I'm trying to just... All right. Get a read on the uh, the scene. The scene around me. Thirteen. You uh, peek out from under the car, and it's not pitch black because there's there's a a moon or two. Maybe there's three moons. There's three small moons. And stars, of course. So it's not pitch black. But it's too dark to actually see anything. All you see is the movement of the tree-like things and bushes. uh, Kind of just regular plants in the breeze movements. uh, Nothing really to pick out there. Hmm. And Um, it's still, like, dead quiet. Um, I'm going to see another, another perception roll. I'm going to try and locate, uh, my guide, the magic man, magic man safaris. He did get shot by one of the security goons, but then they also went to do some medicine on him. So maybe he's still alive. I don't know. Um, perception is six again. 
Perception is six. What's your roll? Oh, I dropped <laughs> it. Seven. There are a couple bodies that you can see kind of where you remember Magic Man being shot. No movement from them, though. Mm -hmm. But while looking at the bodies, you do notice that there are some shadows coming out of the tree line into your, like, small little camp clearing. Mm. Okay. Well. Slowly and quietly, they move. And it doesn't look like any of the security force are still up moving? It does not. All right. Well, then I guess I'm dealing with these guys. Um... I get out from under the uh, the vehicle. I um I stuff the contraband back into my luggage, but I'm you know keeping it right there. And I put the uh, I put the comm terminal in my pocket. And I stand up and I and I say and I say who who is that there? Identify yourself. You almost shot me. <laughs> uh, the shadows. Freeze, uh, you know, crouching position with uh, with guns at the ready. Not, like, pointed at you, mm -hmm. but ready to definitely shoot if you come out hot. One of them, one of the shadows, says in a, not necessarily a whisper, but it kind of sounds like that because your ears are still kind of ringing, that um, are you... He asked a question. Mm -hmm. Are you... Carrying a package to Babylon? Because if so, we're glad we found you. And he, like, has his arm out ready to, like, tell people to, like, shoot or, like, stand down. Okay. Depending um, on your answer. Can I do... Can I do a, uh... Like an insight? Or, uh, can I try and read this guy? Sure, yeah. Um... I'm doing analysis, I think, on my perception. I'm trying to see, you know, is there anything about this guy that indicates I should be, you know, trust, that I should be honest with him? Uh-huh. Or, I guess, honest or lie, whichever thing is not going to get me shot. Um, sounded like he wants to find the package carrier, but he could just be, you know. Mm-hmm. So, analysis on perception gives me a value of 7. Roll at 2. Well, nothing from this man's voice uh, gave you indication that he's untrustworthy. And uh, he did shoot those guards who were... Well, one, they shot Magic Man. They did do that. Uh, they were going to shoot you until you kind of pulled, like, gentry... Uh, rank on them i guess but then they found your bag and then they were going to shoot you again mm -hmm. so there is that with an analysis roll though you do know from just you your character bernard has been told about the rebels in the lowlands the dirty the dirty dirty hipsters as they're called <laughs> in the mountain cities uh so Using conventional weapons, uh, gunpowder and shells, rather than the high-tech plasma. Where did they come from? They didn't come in a flyer, so they're probably living out there, which okay. means they're probably hipsters or so-called rebels. Uh, 
you've been told that they usually kill people like you. Okay. However, they have not yet. All right. Well, then I'm just gonna default to my oh, sort of like. And normal. there's four. There's this... four shadows that came out of the. There could be more, but you see four. Okay. Uh, then I'm gonna default to his sort of normal way of dealing with people, and he's. So he draws himself up and he's like, well, I'd love to identify myself to you, but you still haven't identified yourself to me, sir. The guy kind of stands up from his crouch with his rifle, his long gun, and uh, looks, looks to his buddies, his shadow buddies, and says, well, you can call me Scar. Scar. And I am part of the group that's commissioned this little trip of yours. Hmm. We saw the flyer and assumed you had been uh, busted and found out and the package delivery was in jeopardy. So, and he gives like a fake bow. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Well, I appreciate the uh, the intervention, and I gesture to the to the dead security forces. Um, I appreciate your timely arrival. Um, what uh, what organization was it you said you you worked for? I'm I still trying to suss them out. Well, I didn't. Hmm. And I'm afraid I didn't either yet. Uh, what would you say if I mentioned Trident? I would say that you are, in fact, the man we are looking for. Oh, most excellent. I didn't want to get shot. Um, that's okay. We wouldn't have shot you anyways. That's just... That's just <laughs> we could tell you weren't a guard, and we don't... Unlike what they say in the cities, we don't shoot on sight unless somebody is shot at us. All right. Well, I, uh, you know, I pat my, I pat my luggage. I do still have the package in my possession. Uh, I believe my guide is dead, though. Um, how do you propose we proceed from here? Well, I think you could use a good night's sleep. Well, as good as you can get out here. Uh, and then tomorrow we will escort you to Babylon. I should say that sounds uh that sounds agreeable um have you your own uh have you your own outdoor camping facility he uh should he cracks I... a big laugh <laughs> and like jostles one of his buddies something like that mm, i don't love the way that sounds i would love it uh i would love it if uh, perhaps some of your men could pack up and bring along this this uh, the, camp facility for myself. The thing under the flyer? Oh, it exploded. Uh, Alright. Um, Come on, friend, here. And he, like, motions you over and holds out what is obviously a flask. Oh. Bernard will certainly take a, take a pull of a flask. Um, he, he takes it and takes a pull. How is it? Is it? It is 
pretty much a four loco. So a little alcohol and a lot of energy. All right. That doesn't sound terrible. I think uh, Bernard's unfamiliar with the with the palate, though. That's Probably. That's strange to him. All right. Um, I rummage in Magic Man's safari vehicle for at least like a sleeping bag and a bedroll and stuff. Okay. Um, and I take my, I take my pack and I take my, my uh, big game safari blaster sure. and I follow them. Yeah. No need to roll because they the rebels uh, jump in and help you and they also take they take you know as much as they can carry the good stuff that's not mm. shot or melting from the plasma or load up so uh scar's like it's uh it's gonna be a little bit of a walk one two hours uh but when we get there food and rest so i've been looking forward to my evening repast uh as we're walking he's trying to make awkward conversation what is it uh what is it that we shall dine on this evening Uh, some screaming goat, um, which is not a literal goat. It's, uh, it's another alien creature, but it's, uh, it is edible, this one. Okay. Um, Bernard is a foodie. Is he familiar with that? Or is it yes. just, like, jungle food? It's, it's poor people food. Okay. But would it be in, like, uh... Sort of a undiscovered gym, like street meat place in the big city. Could be okay. uh, lots of lots of. So they they're a herbivore that's common. Uh, they're about like the size of let's say a rhino. Uh, so the when the company rations run out, which they do almost every month, the the agricultural workers the dirt farmers they have to find their own food you know good eats they think okay but since it comes from the wilds it's looked at as trash and poor people food all right so um, not a lot of not a lot of rich people have tasted it bernard so it is cautiously be. optimistic he's 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 interested let's uh could we pick up the pace a tad i'm I'm quite famished, he, he tells right. his companions. They oblige. So, during this hike, uh, however you've set your preferences, whether it's like a little buzz, maybe it's a, a thing in your implant, uh, but your personal terminal gets a message. Okay. I, I would have set it for discreetness on this adventure. Right. So, it probably just went straight to your uh, cerebral implant or whatever all right um i check it and remember you do have a message on your your uh, uh, yes. criminal terminal i i remember that because you just reminded me uh but i check my personal one first all right so your personal one it's in plain well it's in plain english well, playing language, yeah. no, no code, and um, Esperanto. It's actually from uh, Joffrey, your uh, CEO friend. Yes, and this is absolutely not the way you guys usually communicate. So this is very weird to you. Okay. You're a little bit spooked by this. 
But you get more spooked when you hear what the message says. Mm-mm. The message reads, The package you are carrying is very dangerous, and I'm doing all I can to save you. Ooh. Turn over the package to Riddick at Babylon's gate, the John Carter gate. He is a Mistborn. Sci-fi reference. And a Mistborn is like a corporate assassin. Ooh. Shouldn't be too hard to find him. Or here find you. Fuck. Either way, I don't want you to end up dead for this. That's not great. Um, I didn't tell my... Uh, you did not. My corporate parasite host what I was up to. I don't love this. This is... Uh, this is very much the deep end for my first, for my first criminal experience. Fuck. All right. Um, I pocket that and I check the, uh, I check the burner that Trident gave me. All right. Uh, this one seems to be a long text message about taking a bath. So, you know, it's code. Ah. Do you still have the code book? I do. Um... I bust it out and kind of... Give me a mind roll for decoding this message. Uh, I have analysis. That would help. Can I use that to help analyze this code? All right. Uh, That brings my mind of 9 up to a value of 10. And I roll a 17. Woo! Crushed it. So it takes you no time at all to decode this message. The decoded message is three short sentences, same, and this is from, like, right but right before the timestamp is right before the, the guards found you. Gugan is being turned over looking for you. Olympus advisors are present. Babylon re-entry is watched. Shit. So, that's all three major cities there, bud. Yeah, that's all of them. They're mad. Uh, it's these friggin' rebels I'm with, but they're also the only people who, uh... They did save you. Yeah, who didn't shoot at me in this... Alright, um, I scurry up the patrol to Scar, or is he leading? Wherever he is. Scar is leading. Alright. Um, and I share a little bit, I don't share any of my personal information, but I share with him that I got a notification that, uh... Well, Scar, my friend, uh, thanks again for the save back there. I just received some information that you might find of import. The re-entry to Babylon is apparently being watched closely for me specifically and this package. Um, are you aware of this? Are you... He, he kind of nods and is like, we guessed as much uh, from the flyer and... Mm-hmm. Those those idiots that we killed. Uh, we were hoping to avoid this uh, with contracting it out to the Tridents. Um, thought it would be easier to get into Babylon if you guys had some criminal contacts. But uh, I guess that's probably not going to fly. We still... We, can, we got a guy. And... He could get you in the city. He uh, he's actually the the guy who oversees the the imports of Santo Green protein. So we can get you in. It might not be what you're used to. You're probably gonna have to 
you know, crouch down in a vat of protein goo. Mm. But we do have a contingency plan to get you in there. And uh, our our Babylon office, let's say, uh, is, is insistent that we make post-haste. And even though it's risky, got to push for it. Okay. Probably be a big bonus in it for you. Well, I am a fan of big bonuses. Uh, if it changes the equation at all, I was also notified there may be a Mistborn. Uh, and he like, what? After me. A Mist... Are you... Which, I say... Which one is it? Stop that at once. You're supposed to be a hardened rebel. Stop acting... Like this. <laughs> which one is it? Uh... Riddick. Riddick. Any kind of like everything on this planet is a sci-fi reference from old Earth, and I mixed them up. Uh, a Riddick, a one Mister Riddick, is looking for me at the John Carter Gate. And he kind of like puts his uh, fingers on his on his the bridge of his nose, takes like two deep breaths. All right, uh, that's that's definitely a hot curveball, but we're due. Everything we can to get you in there safe. That doesn't sound terrific to me. Well, hey, look, we're here. Ah. And he, like, gestures, and sure enough, there's, like, a little <laughs> little camp, uh, some, like, poor camp lights. Uh, so it's not very visible from, like, outside. But then once you walk, like, through the two trees, you're like, oh, hey, this is, like, kind of, you know, nice and mood setting. Like, you know, I could get down here. Um, you know, they got like pallets around so you're not walking in the mud and some hammocks and a big stew pot and, you know, people are having a good time and they're all like, you know, thank God you guys are back. Okay. Um, well, I am, I've had a day, so I guess I'll do my, I'll do my dangdest to, uh, Forget my troubles for an evening. We're leaving tomorrow to, like, finish this business. Yep. And I've been guaranteed at least certain... Well, I haven't been guaranteed anything. But they said they're going to help. So I'll try and, you know, have a drink and have some dinner. All right. Very, you know, very free. The Rebels are very free with food and drink. And it's maybe not the... The, like high class stuff you're used to but it gets the job done is it uh a big like goat stew for the camp oh no that's just like what they eat for slop but like the dinner you know a giant like leg comes in and they like start a big fire and roast a spit a leg okay of screaming goat um one of the things that i that i made sure to bring with me is a little you know, like travel kit, like Samwise of spices and salts mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, so can I use my foodie skill to try and like elevate the sure. the, the evening meal for everybody? Uh, perception, I think. Percepting flavor. Tastes, and, yeah. yeah, I go with it. All right. Uh, so foodie on perception gives me seven. And I rolled a 13. That's going to hit it exactly on the mark. So... Like, you throw some spices on it, and then, like, yeah, here, Rebels, try this, and they're like, it's a little better. Mind blown. Uh, where can we get some of that? Mm. Well, this is just a, you know, a common 
uh, this is just a common like camp um, camping outdoorsman seasoning mixture. But uh, you know you can order it from Sci-Fi Amazon or whatever, and <laughs> just keep some on you at all times, and season to taste. That's all I do with anything. All right, so lovely, lovely evening. You got some good, warm food in your belly, a little bit of the liquors, and surprisingly a comfortable sleeping spot. Like, it's not like some shitty hammock that smells bad. It's like a a nice little, like, sleeping bag, comfy kind of deal. So, uh, everyone goes to bed. There's... There's like a little bit of, oh, who's going to be on guard duty? And then like the, the people who draw the short star go, short straw go off into the forest. And you're feeling pretty secure and you drift off. Okay. And you probably drifted off for a good four or five hours. So like almost, it's almost about to get light when you're awoken through your brain implant because you got another message on your personal terminal. Uh, I sit up and kind of look around in the dark camp before surreptitiously you know, checking my thing. I don't want it to look too obviously like I'm wanking to my phone <laughs> in the middle of the camp. Uh, yeah, but I check it. Alright, so this one the the message sender this is on my personal terminal this is your personal terminal okay this one is from the ghosts of xena oh which is not like a group that you're familiar with but from the name xena xena was a very powerful city up until a rebellion and the rebellion was pretty successful they stormed the whole city all the way up to the top of the richie rich Killed some of the very powerful Richie Rich, took control of the city. But then Olympus, Babylon, and Gugon formed an alliance and went in and killed everybody. And this, and just, this is history I know. This is, this is very well-known history. But I don't know the ghost of Xena. But the you ghosts. can assume that like they're making some play on yeah. Xena, right? Okay. So, and, you know, context for this message, because as you read it, you're like, yeah, this is what you're thinking of. Uh, the message is in plain text. Uh, you are carrying a fungus that possesses that processes organic matter into something compatible with natural human biology. Fuck the elite. Fuck the, in quotes, rebels. Just find a damp spot, bury the package, and you can always find a friend in a Turing implant. Turing implant is a uh, very popular um, neuro... Uh, neuro- processor so a lot of people have it Mm -hmm. Uh, when you speak the words of the french revolution love death robots (laughs) so many sci-fi references so you have a minute to process that oh damn but before you can make any decisions or come to any conclusions a gunshot goes off in the woods and then more and then balls it goes silent for a bit and like you're kind of looking at where the gun shots came from and then most of the lanterns have been turned off by now but there's still a couple 
in the very dim light, you can see a giant slug-like creature mm. crawling in, and it's got like ten tentacles coming out of its back, and they're like whipping around, touching stuff, and then they touch a guy in a hammock, grab him up, and like bring him and like open their mouth, oh. and ah, crunch, 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 and then Damn screams, it. and like everybody's everybody's awake screaming. Okay. Ugh. Um. I hop out of my hammock and I want to I want to look around for like the highest place in Ewok Village that I can find. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not about to like shimmy up a tree because I'm keeping my luggage on my person now. I've got a lot to think about with that most recent message. Um. So. I'm not going to, like, climb a tree or climb up anything that I have to, you know, actually climb. But if there's, like, a ramp or a ladder, I'm going to get up up and away from this here slug. Okay. Give me a dexterity roll. Okay. Base dex of seven. Rolled an 11. You're managed, you managed to scramble up a tree. Hmm. All right. Um, and this thing is just, like, coming into our camp? Yeah. All right. And it's already eaten one, and it's got, like, another one in its tentacles, and, like, uh, the other people of the camp have, like, jumped up, grabbed their guns, and they're shooting. Well, this is a fine adventure, and an opportunity for me to be actually quite heroic. So I, uh, I drop my pack. Okay. Kind of beside me, and I get situated... And I uh, I level on it with my with my big game safari rifle. All right, give it a shot. Uh, base decks of seven again. Four. Ooh. Miss. Gah. Bomber, bra. So that's one action. So combat has started. It did it start with me moving or with me shooting? No, it started with you shooting. Okay. Uh, then I'm gonna give it the other barrel. All right. I'm frustrated with that. I want to be good at everything, sure. even though you know I'm not that good at a lot of stuff. So I'm going to try and shoot it again. Seven. Six. Still not good. Ah, Another miss. This is most embarrassing. Um, so I break it down, start reloading, but it ain't right. my turn anymore. So this giant gross slug with tentacles is whipping people and trying to grab them and eating not really paying attention to you uh because you're kind of on the other side of the camp and none of the other rebels are paying attention to you either so like maybe if you're gonna slip away Mm. not a better time and so there were about 20 of them probably like three or four went to guard duty so 16 in the camp. Uh, there's only about 11 combat effectives left. Okay. And there's just laying into this giant slug. I don't know. All right. And it just keeps going. It just going. is coming. <laughs> um, well, this has been a pretty... Um, this has been a pretty, ugh. well, enlightening in some ways, but also, um, also very, 
like scary. This is this has not been a fun first foray into the world of organized crime and uh, guns and rebels and private security. So I I'm not really digging it, and I'm thinking a lot about the message that I received um, from the ghosts of Xena, whatever that is. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna grab my pack and slide down the tree and kind of uh, try and fade away into the into the into the bush. All right, give me a stealth roll. Okay. Um, I don't have stealth. Uh, base decks of seven. Eleven. All right. Doesn't seem like anyone appeared to notice. However. Maybe somebody saw, and they're just dealing with this giant slug first. Mm -hmm. But nobody calls out. Nobody seems to pay attention. Okay. Um, you do have uh, an idea of through your, you know, talking and and um, carousing with uh, the rebels that night. They were telling you about like. Uh, the route they're gonna take, and you know, pointing in the direction of Babylon. So you do have a heading. Okay. I do have a heading. Um, I want to pull up after I've like made a little bit of distance. I want to pull up my personal terminal and read the uh, read the message from my my corporate friend Joffrey again. Joffrey. Uh, Joffrey's message read. The package you are carrying is dangerous, and I'm doing all I can to save you. Turn the package over to Riddick at the John Carter Gate in Babylon. He is a misborn, shouldn't be too hard to find. Or here find you. I don't want you to end up dead for this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what I'm actually going to do, and this is going to be my big, like, move, I think. Uh... I don't feel like playing anymore. Um, not the game. I'm having a good, I'm having a good time role playing. Bernard Helios Chugtai does not really feel like playing spy criminal anymore. Uh, and so I'm going to uh, message my corporate patron. Here's what I say in the in the message. Um, On safari, guide killed, need pickup. Um, you could, the terminals have like a location okay. pinger. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to say, hiding from rebels in the woods. And then I'm going to take the, the cylinder and I'm going to find a good place to just like shove it under a tree into some mud. I don't... I don't want anything to do with this anymore. And then I'm going to try and like run back kind of towards where the where me and Magic Man parked our safari vehicle and got ambushed as a place. Did you ditch your personal terminal? Uh no. That's still pinging away. That's still pinging away. Okay. But I ditched the package mm -hmm. and I like I don't know what the ghosts of Xena are about really. Sure. And I'm kind of doing what they want, it seems like. Mm -hmm. But I also am mostly trying to just, like, wash my hands of the whole thing. Okay. 
And I know... So Joffrey gave me an out to give it to this assassin. Yes. But uh, I'm going to deny, 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 deny. <laughs> because that's the sort of slimy guy that Bernard is. All right. So you make some decent time, you feel like, and it gets a little bit light. So it's been like two hours. And then you're kind of like following a path in the direction that you think. And you come around the corner. And there, standing there, is a guy. And he's got like a sexy blazer. And he like pulls up his hands and you can see little knife points in his hand. He's got knife hands. That's a sci-fi assassin. And he's like, you Bernard? Yeah. Where's yes. the package? Where's the package? What? Package. Oh, it was destroyed. No, they, it wasn't. There was a helicopter crash, and I point. Those rebels kidnapped me. I'm trying to deceive him. All right, give me a deception roll. All right, I got deception on charisma. Uh, charisma of nine. Now, here's the thing. I have, like, a hell of a charisma buff from my safari outfit. I don't know if it applies in this situation. I don't think it does. Okay. Um, then, yeah, my just regular skill of deception well, actually, and being a you know slimy what? guy. Maybe it does because it's so, like, ripped up and dirty that, like, you've been through hell. So, yeah, I've lost the package. I'll give you the buff. Okay. Uh, then that brings me up to a total value of 15. I'm a hell of a liar. You're a hell of a liar. But also, this guy might be a hell of a thinker. Oh. All right, 15. Actually, you're 15. Just roll for it. <laughs> I rolled an eight. He's like, well, that's too bad. But, uh, hey, that's also was part of my job, so that's good for me. Uh, I am going to try to kill you now, though. Oh, no! Start combat, and he rushes towards you, but he can't get all the way there because you guys weren't, like, you know, breathing each other's air. So, he's running towards you very fast. Yeesh. Um, there's not a lot that I can do at this point. Um, I feel like this works, though. Uh, I'm going to try and shoot him with my big game rifle. Okay. But he's a scary assassin running at me. Sure. And I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, if, if I don't succeed, it would make total sense. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, base dex of seven. Okay. To shoot this guy. Eighteen, though. 18's pretty good. Let me just do a little calculations. You do. You blast him. Oh! All right. What's, uh, what's your damage, son? Damage on the big game safari rifle is 19. So that's 19... All right, give me um I don't yeah. The dice. I need the dice. We're sharing dice this episode, folks. Mhm. All right, so 19. And then what do you do? Hoo hoo. So, he's running towards you very fastly with uh bionic legs. You can Yikes. obviously tell they're bionic legs. Mm-hmm. But you like Maybe you learned something on Safari. Maybe it was just luck. 
doesn't matter, but you shoot him and like it gets him right in like the hip coupling and blasts off the leg. Ha! And he like still tries to run with his single leg because you know bionics, mm-hmm. but then like just kind of like spins and falls down. Oh, okay. Um. Oof. I think my next action is going to be to try and put him down for good. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull that off again. I'm going to give him the other barrel. Give him the other barrel. Roll a two. Yeah, that's not going to get it. <laughs> uh, it was going to be a much easier roll because you blew his leg off, but two's not going to get it. No. So you you blast him and you miss. Hmm. However, he's just gushing blood out his like empty leg socket, and uh, you can tell that he's been well. You would know, Bernard would know that Mistborn are heavily modified, and that puts a toll on the human anatomy. So they're not like the strongest. If you can hit them, they usually uh, you know take a lot of damage, which he has. And so he kind of like tries to like get up and like crawl towards you, but just like then he just like passes out like ooh blood loss. And he like is like waving his finger knives at you as he and then mm-hmm. just like slowly stop waving. I step back to be sure I'm out of reach. Um, Bernard's not capable of cold-blooded murder though. So once this assassin stops moving, uh, I keep running. All right. Well, so you beat the Mistborn and you do make it back. Uh, you make it back all the way to Gugan, and well, how are you going to get into Gugan? So you you try out what the Ghost of Xena message said. So like, a guard stops you mm-hmm. and it's like you know trying to give you a guff, and you're like, uh, love, death, robots, and like you can see that like it it changes something in his like brain like he like has a like a glitch mm. and then like right this way sir very interesting I've... and you fade into gugan yeah i've um i've happened upon a secret code word but i don't imagine i'll be able to enjoy it freely this organization behind it is probably gonna call in their debt at some point maybe hmm still though and that's where we're going to end it. Pretty cool. What a lucky shot. So, now that it's over, uh, let's talk about it just a little bit. Uh, overall, Cosmo, how did you enjoy that session? Well, I had a very good time. A uh, couple of reasons. I, I like the setting. It Well, f- the whole thing went very smoothly. It was very easy to grasp the, the task, um, which I think is critical for, like, one-shots. There's no, you know... Uh, but there was a lot of like uh, a lot of simple world building couched in it, very easy to grasp. And I had a fun time creating a character who uh, is you know unlike a lot of other adventurers. I wanted him to be, I wanted him to be out of his depth, and um, I wanted him to be out of his depth and not 
super well specked out. I did get that. For for like an adventure. Um which was fun. I got to do a lot of like mind and perception stuff in non combat situations. A lot of role playing stuff ends up being very combat heavy. That can be very fun. It's also fun to, you know, do not. Not that. Um and I I liked the guy. He's a slimy, you know, kind of no good nick. Uh, how, how did, how did my character and what I wanted to do kind of jive with your plan? How much of what you planned did you have to like switch from or? Well, your Bernard definitely jived with the world. Great character build. Uh, my plan, my original outline, uh, is in shambles. And for those of you listening at home that can't see this, I got like a bunch of papers and like scribbled in pencil notes, uh, cause I had a different thing planned. Uh, I didn't plan for the safari. That was a great, ingenious touch. I had planned for the Nikki was your contact uh, in the beginning. He was going to give you a couple options and supposed to choose from one of those because that's what I had written. So what I did to move with the punches there is I just basically took my encounter lists and edited or changed them up to apply to the safari thing. So, uh, like, fighting the monsters. Uh, those monsters were something maybe if you would just like, oh, I'm going to get on, like, a agricultural caravan or, like, a convoy, uh, you would have fought the same monsters then. So there but, was a path to go in, like, the lowlands. Yes. But I, yeah. You chose your own path. For for listeners, uh, what I had what I had to create my character and kind of like come up with my plan. I knew what the mission was going to be, and I knew the background of the world. So like I knew that there was a you know like a dangerous lowland, and there was also uh, you know like elite private travel and trains and stuff. Um, but I wasn't told like how to do it. It was you know, get a thing from one city to the other with the basic world building information of these are how the cities are situated and this is what there is in between them. So, so Safari on, was an idea, planning a Safari was an idea that I came up with when I came up with my character. I was like, this is going to be his scheme to move a package. But moving a package was all I knew about what the mission was going to be. So did, your, did you feel like you had enough agency, like, because you made a decision, you're like, I'm going to do a Safari uh how well do you think that were like did that fit in with you like did it seem like i kind of was like grinding gears trying to fit your plan in um no i felt like um the most the most railroady thing about this about the the whole you know adventure was that i already had a job and a destination that was it, sure. which did a great deal for my sense of like player agency, um, and you know, it facilitated me coming up with a different plan. I could have, I, I do feel like I could have like tried to, you know, tried to just like play it cool on the train or tried to mm -hmm. like charter a private jet or something, and we would have been able to like work something out. I did. I felt like I could. Um, within the parameters that you'd given me for the world and the mission that I had a lot of choice about what to do. Um, and then, you know, obviously it gets messed up because sure. 
the the planned encounters needed to happen one way right. or another. Like I assume I would have met the assassin towards the end of my adventure, no matter what route I took. Right, stuff like that. So I think you know a big takeaway from this, uh, listeners at home, is let your players choose to do whatever they're going to do, but uh, don't let that completely like ruin your plan. So like, oh well, you can't do a safari. You know, like the old adage, you know, never say no to a player. I think limiting your players and like, okay, you can do a safari. I'm still going to throw the same stuff at you because your players won't know what you have written down. Yeah. Um. So what are what are we excited about uh, in this setting? Uh, I think. Well, I'm excited because I like just came up with this on the fly. Um, I think it worked really well with the Eclipse engine. Uh, I do too. It. And yeah, I know we made the Eclipse engine. Yeah, we engine. made it. But that's you know that's part of the whole selling point, I guess, of what we are trying to do here is we designed an engine that is very quickly and easily adapted to I, the I, setting. I came up with the setting in like a day. Um, our usual setting for the Eclipse engine is something called Afterlife, which is our own whole world, and we're probably talking about yeah. that later in the podcast. It's an uh, it's an apocalyptic setting in the vein of like Fallout and Wasteland, but uh, and we have a lot of like lore and specific stuff for that. That's what we've been playing for a long time. But we wanted to show you all a version of this where, you know, it was the Eclipse engine applied to something just like kind of completely off the hip. That being said, I liked a lot about this original setting. I liked the idea that it's like humans have gone into space and, you know, kind of left earth behind and are on a new planet. But I like the tether to old earth in the form of all the like historical and specifically sci-fi references. That's very fun that like humans would go to another planet and name their cities after sci-fi books or name like you know jobs on the planet like the mistborn assassins named sure. after mm-hmm. uh you know characters from other media or the john carter gate classic sci-fi reference right. uh, i'm curious now that uh it's over why didn't you why didn't bernard have any weird sci-fi like bionics like uh, a gun arm or like a cannon in his chest or well, part of that, um, part of that was that I wanted to be, I wanted him to be a society type, and I imagine society types in this setting probably do have some. I, I did, I did some. mention in the in the like stuff that I sent you that a super yeah. rich, powerful move in this time is to not have any mods and be yeah. like, I'm so powerful, I don't need to mod myself. And I also didn't want him to be, like, I didn't want him to have anything really that was, um... Combat. Yeah, that was really combat-focused. So I, he, his armor and his basic weapon, which he never ended up using, was just like a watch. Well, he never used the armor. Yeah. Uh, was like a bodyguard watch that could zap people or, like, deflect incoming attacks. And that, what I imagine that as being is, like, a typical rich guy thing in this setting where... You're just always wearing a little piece of secret mm-hmm. sci-fi body armor. Um, but then I also gave him a big gun and no skills and no good stats to use it because I wanted him to be kind of out of his depth. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for this episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Um, 
Check out 2HGM.com. If you liked this, you can see a lot of our stuff there. You can contact us, leave us feedback, or uh, request um, episode topics. Also, uh, the Eclipse Engine is there for downloads and completely free. For 100%. free. Download it, start uh, playing. Make up your own setting and get into it. Uh, also on the website is our Patreon link. Um, I think that's going to do it. Yeah. Join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Uh, thank you to the Burning Saviors for their song, Pond Hill is Finest, for letting us use that as the intro and outro of our show. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. 